This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand many of our listeners may not agree with all of our viewpoints. However, we hope you can bear with us in order to hear unadulterated true crime cases. We are not licensed therapists, nor are we able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source material included for each episode. Now Now let's get get weird. All right. Welcome back to Murder Mimosas. I'm Danica. And we are recording today with two amazing girls. So I'm Mims. And I'm Jess. And we are from the All the Sins Worldwide podcast, podcast called All the Sins of Wisconsin. We kind of rebranded the podcast, brought Jess in, who's been doing an amazing job. I love it. Exploring more of the world and the crazy things that happen around it. That's right. And mm-hmm. possibly figuring out why. <laughs> so why people are so screwy yeah <laughs> so i'm gonna give a little extra warning for today because it doesn't involve children um okay so just a heads up for anyone who may have a little extra triggering there mm-hmm. um for the sources we have the daily mail in the uk bbc news uk news metro news yorkshire live and oxygen and i think that was all of them i hope that was all of them <laughs> But you guys moved to worldwide. I felt like I had to do it. Wouldn't feel like, but I felt like it would be a good idea to do a case outside of the United States. So we're going to go to the UK today. Okay. And this case was dubbed the sleepover murders. And we'll, as we get into it, you'll figure out why, but that's what the newspapers called it. Um, So this is in Killamar, Sheffield in the UK. This is September of 2022. So not even a full year ago. Still pretty new in the Chandos Crescent neighborhood. So September 16th of 2022, a neighbor heard Damien Bendel and Terry Harris arguing outside their home. She only got like the tail end of the argument. They were, you know, yelling at each other. Damien stormed out of the house and he yelled, this is not finished yet. But she doesn't know what the fight was, obviously, because she just got the end of it. So he leaves to go to his court-appointed drug supervisor and check in. They don't make him do any tests. Damien just tells them, yeah, I'm not doing drugs. I'm not drinking alcohol. The supervisor looks at him and was like, yeah, you don't look like you're under the influence. We're going to call it good. And he leaves. So around 740 that evening, Damien was around looking to buy drugs because, you know, he just got cleared. Why not? I love drugs. <laughs> Terry, which is his girlfriend, we're going to talk about her a little bit and then we'll come back to Damien. Um, so Terry was a mom of two kids. She had uh, her son, John Paul, and her daughter, Lacey. And she began dating Damien in April of 2020. So right before COVID, they started seeing each other. And by August of 21, they had started to try for a baby of their own. They were talking about marriage. And by September, when they had this argument, Terry was in the early stages of pregnancy with his kid. So she's got two. They've got one on the way. They've been together for about two years. And that's just kind of where their relationship's at. But they still haven't gotten married. Damien hasn't committed or anything. Though he's told Terry it will happen. It will happen. 
he hasn't gotten there. It didn't take long, though, in the relationship for Damien to become controlling and abusive towards Terry. Doesn't look like I can, I wasn't able to find anything anyway where he'd abuse the children, but he was physically abusive to Terry. From what I mentioned earlier, we know that Damien had some sort of past criminal record. Otherwise, he wouldn't have to go see a court-appointed drug supervisor. I will go into length about his record, but we'll get to that towards the end because it really plays into kind of the lack of what was done and what could have been done to prevent this from happening. So Lacey, who's 11, is Terry's daughter. She had plans the weekend that the two were fighting, and she had her friend Connie Gent, also 11, come over to have a sleepover. They have a good time. And the next morning, the girls and her brother, John Paul, they set up a table of sweets to sell, like kind of like a lemonade stand that we do here. They had sweets. They were trying to raise money for cancer research. Shut up. That's too cute. I know, isn't it? And there's a really cute picture. I'll just send you the picture of them sitting outside. They're selling lollipops and like cookies. My heart. (laughs) I know. So sometime that afternoon, Connie calls, Lacey's friend calls her mom and asks if she can stay the night at Lacey's house again, because they're having fun. You know, she didn't want to go home. So her mom says, okay. And at eight o'clock that night, all three kids are back at the house. They packed up their little sweet stand from out front and they're getting ready for dinner. The two girls after dinner, they go up to Lacey's room and they start to get ready for bed because it's getting close to nine. At 9.30, we know that John Paul was FaceTiming a friend, Libby, who's actually Connor, Connie's older sister. So they were around the same age. And then the two girls were around the same age. So they're FaceTiming him and Libby. And the FaceTime ended around 9.45-ish. There's not a set time that they give us, but it's right in that area. And John ends up saying like, hey, I got to go take a shower and get ready for bed. That's what he does. So he gets off the phone. He takes his shower and proceeds to get ready for bed like he's, like he planned. However, Damien has a different plan for everyone in the house that night. From what investigators are able to piece together as far as a timeline, Damien started his attack with Terry, the mom, who was pregnant with their son, or their their child. I don't think it was a son, or they didn't know for sure. That started in the main bedroom, so her bedroom. He beat her with a claw hammer over the head. God. Then went after John Paul, who was in the bathroom right after his shower. Like he hadn't got to get finished getting ready for bed. Did the same thing to him, claw hammer to the head. Um, and Lacey was likely the next one to be attacked, followed by her friend Connie. But Lacey got it worse than anyone because Lacey's body was found in the same room as her mother. Damien moved Lacey's body there while she was slowly dying, bleeding out so that he could sexually assault her oh my god as she's dying yeah oh my god what kind of fear this girl had at the end of her life it's already scary to be beaten and then to be sexually assaulted I don't know it's heartbreaking like it I was almost in tears when I read it so obviously having no moral compass or remorse Damien proceeds to steal John Paul's xbox take it to Sheffield so that he could sell it to get drugs Oh, Dude, God. I'm I'm I would beat this man if I could. Like, 
I know. For excuse I know. I'm not a scrappy person, but I would <laughs> I would even do it. Yes. <laughs> like, bitch, I will fight you. <laughs> My God. So during this time, uh, like after he's sold the Xbox, he's gotten his drugs, he gives his mom a call and tells her that he has a self-inflicted injury, which doesn't make any sense because he tells her that it's a self-inflicted stab wound, but he didn't stab any of the victims. So I'm not sure why he had a knife and stabbed himself. And it wasn't something that was like life-threatening. He's not calling 911. He's just like calling his mom to let her know. <laughs> she proceeds though. She calls, well, 999. The same thing as like the 911 here. 999 and tells them like, hey, my son said he has a self-inflicted injury. Like, can you go check on him and make sure he's okay? So they go out to the house and they get there and they talk to Damien and they're just under the impression that they're checking on him to make sure medically this guy's okay, that Damien's right. okay. So they talk to him for a couple minutes right outside the home and he agrees to let them go in the house. Obviously they were not prepared for what they were walking into because they have no idea that they're walking into a murder of four people this man is out of his mind like he just was like yes come on in so obviously he's like immediately arrested yeah they see the scene and and then he has the nerve to whine to the police that he's gonna go back to prison again no shit (laughs) oh not even like say it but he was whining to them like no i'm gonna go back and i'm like People that kill kids. Oh God! Yeah. People yes. that do nasty things to kids, and I hope that it, in some way, was shared among the population at some point. This was not a community that had a lot of crime. This is a pretty mm-hmm. well-to-do neighborhood, okay. so I bet it was something that they heard about in prison. But speaking of him going back to prison, let's talk about his past records. And like I said, there were some things that could have been done to possibly prevent it. The chief inspector of probation said that the handling of Damien fell far below what was required. So he just came out straight, said we could have done better. So at the time of his crime, Damien was on a curfew for his suspended prison sentence for arson. And he put down the address of Terry for his curfew order. The issue was that this was like, you know, arson's a violent crime and he had a past of domestic abuse. So he's clearly a violent person. And at no point did anyone confirm with Terry she was agreeable for her home to be used for his curfew. Oh. So she never signed off saying like, this is okay. And they didn't do any oh. risk assessments to check that there were children in the home oh, or God. anything like that. So for the last decade before the murders, Damien had a very, very long rap sheet that he had racked up. Robbery, grievous bodily harm, arson. I mean, he's a violent guy. Yeah. The biggest and most alarming issue to me personally was that Damien's probation was contacted by the Child Sexual Exploitation Unit to notify them of evidence that they had against Damien that he was, quote, a sexual risk of harm to girls. Bro. There's a little. My God. Yeah, that is disgusting. Like, my I was just digging really hard to try to figure out, like, what they had against him, but I couldn't find. They, nobody came out and said exactly what it was. But I almost, like, don't they, want to know. I don't I think know. I want to know either. 
Yeah. Because clearly he is a sick man. Yeah, for sure. Um, Damien goes to trial March 1st for the four murders. And many members of the family read impact statements. In the court is Connie's mom and dad, because she just finished at a slumber party. Terry's mom and dad and the kids' grandparents. And John Paul and Lacey's father was there. So... Angela Smith was Terry's mom and the kids' grandparents, and she had a really lengthy, powerful message. I won't tell you all of it, but there was one part that really stood out that I'm going to share with you guys. It said, quote, Terry was my only child, and I will never have any more ch- children or grandchildren. Terry, Lacey, and John meant the world to me and were the most precious people in my life. Not being able to give them a hug or a kiss and tell them I love them breaks my heart. I would give anything to be able to spend a moment with them. And I was like, my heart shattered reading that. I was like, I can't imagine. No. So Connie's father, the little girl that was staying the night, his name's Charles Gant. He also made a statement. And part of it was, I feel like part of my identity has been taken and feel like I do not know who I am or what my purpose in life is anymore. My heart is totally broken and shattered into pieces. Whatever happens at court will not bring Connie back. No sentence will ever be sufficient justice for Connie's death. While the court process may answer some of the questions I have about my daughter's death, I feel like I will still be left with a number of unanswered questions. And I was like, oh, that is powerful words. Yeah. So obviously, you know, going to court doesn't bring back their loved ones, but they gave Damien the longest sentence, which is five life terms for each person. So he ended up with five life terms. Mm Mm-hmm. And the judge is quoted with, you carried out a brutal and vicious attack on a defenseless woman and three children, during which you went around the house attacking them, hitting them multiple times about the head and upper body with a claw hammer. As he then said, you get five life sentences. And I was like, yeah, that seems about right. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that is our UK case. It was heavy, so I didn't get too, too deep because it was a little bit much yeah i don't blame you yeah great job yes thank you for telling us about this like i had never heard about this especially with it being so recent yeah like you i I thought that that would have been up somewhere right you know like especially with how recent it was and like the fact that i didn't even know that just like yeah i was really surprised when i came across it and i was like wait it happened when (laughs) not even a year Yeah, I was like, I didn't know anything about it, but it seems like it would be like one of those you'd hear about on the news that right. it's just such a gruesome, vicious thing. Yeah. And so many, I mean, three out of the four victims were children. Right, mm-hmm. right. Well, that was a great job that you just did. What a great case to bring forth and to obviously bring more light to it because we have never even heard of it. So thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you guys were here. Yes, thank you for chit-chatting with us. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, guys. All the Sins Worldwide was written, recorded, edited, and produced by our co-hosts and creators, Jess and Mims. We truly want to thank our listeners, collaborators, friends, and family 
that continuously support us and for all the love we receive. If you enjoy our show, please give us a glowing review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we're up to. And email us your sinner tales at allthesinsworldwide at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins Worldwide are available wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure to subscribe and like us on your favorite streaming platform.